You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. God didn't make him give it. He said, look, the things I've given you from the world, Egypt, that's what Egypt is a type of. Now I want you to use for my work. Whoever's willing, come. If you read that story, you get to Exodus 36, and the people were bringing so much that the workers who had been gifted in constructing all the things of the tabernacle go back to Moses and say, you got to do something. They're bringing more than we need. And Moses stands before the people and says, look, Stop bringing right now because they've got more than enough for the work. Chances are, you're more than familiar with the controversy of whether or not believers should obtain wealth. In some cases, wealth is seen as such a detriment to our faith that many end up forfeiting countless opportunities to use their wealth for the good of others. In today's message, Pastor Danny reflects on the generosity of Israel when offering supplies for the construction of the tabernacle. In his study, you'll learn about the importance of being quick to offer up to the Lord what was never ours in the first place. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of Exodus, chapter 12, with today's edition of The Living Word. When you go to Exodus chapter 12, verses 35 and 36, it records for us that the people did as Moses instructed, and just before they're actually delivered from Egypt, they go to the Egyptians. You'd go to your neighbor, and you'd say, I want that diamond earring. I'd like that brooch. I'd like this. I'd like that. And God had so worked in the hearts of the Egyptians to want to get rid of these Israelites after Passover, you know, that they gave them whatever they wanted. And these former slaves, get this, these former slaves left Egypt richer than their wildest dreams. It's like they won the lottery. But don't miss why. Why God give them all that stuff? Not just so they worship a God of gold. No, 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 no. You get Exodus 35. And God says to Moses, you go and stand before the congregation and say, now, from any of the stuff you have, whoever's willing, bring it as an offering to the Lord. And they took all those gems and all those valuable things, and they used those things to construct the tabernacle. God didn't make them give it. He said, look, the things I've given you from the world, Egypt, that's what Egypt is a type of. Now I want you to use for my work. Whoever's willing, come. If you read that story, you get to Exodus 36, and the people were bringing so much that the workers who had been gifted in constructing all the things of the tabernacle go back to Moses and say, you got to do something. They're bringing more than we need. And Moses stands before the people and says, look, Stop bringing right now because they've got more than enough for the work. You think I'm going to say that to you today, don't you? (laughs) Here's what I am going to say that I'm so thankful for. I'm amazed I get to be a pastor of this congregation. It just just amazes me, amazes me. I pinch myself, God, is this really happening, you know? I'll give you one quick testimony because the testimony of the giving of this fellowship is throughout the community and beyond and other churches when they hear that we don't even take an offering. Now we used to, we used to have offering bags. I don't even know if we still got them. I don't even know if they're still here. 
that's what we inherited, the offering bags. And, and we used to take offerings, and God led us years ago to just build some boxes and put them in the back. And, and when we did, you know, offerings went And I almost got back up a couple of weeks later because we were hurting financially. And I, I almost said, guys, the boxes are in the back. I never did. And then eventually people got used to it. And it was more personal between them and God. And, and now we, we don't take an offering, but the, but the boxes are there so people can honor the Lord with what he's given us. But then after we stopped passing the offering and doing it in the service and had the boxes, we thought, well, we need a benevolence fund. We called it our special needs fund. We had people in the congregation having crisis financial situations. So I, we, we as a leadership agreed thought the Lord wanted us to start a benevolence fund. We called it our special needs offering. So I went before the congregation and says, once a month, first Sunday of every month, we're just going to pass the offering and, and take our benevolence offering, our special needs offering. And we started doing that. And then we started helping a lot of people. It was very practical, reaching out and helping people. Uh, and then the, the fund was growing faster than we could spend the money. And so we decided, well, we'll just go back to the congregation and say, we're not going to do it once a month. We'll just let you know when the pot is almost empty and we'll say, anybody wants to give, you can give. I don't even remember the last time we asked for a special needs offering. But I expected, I expected to be here right now during this message saying, guys, the pot's almost dry because just before I left for a few days of vacation during the holidays, we were down to about $1,000, and that's low for our fund, and as big as this fellowship is. And then I came in as I got back in the office, and I got the financial report. And while I was away, $17,329.84 came in last weekend for the special needs offering. <laughs> Praise the Lord. We didn't send out an email blast. We didn't say anything. Just God moved the hearts of people. I came in yesterday and got the offering report from last Wednesday. And another $2,300 plus came in for the special needs offering. I need to go on vacation more often. <laughs> One of the greatest testimonies of this fellowship is the giving. But before I move on, let me just say this. Please don't miss what the Lord wants to say to some people here. What a great testimony. And yet I, I, I know, I know. Not because I, I know what you give. I don't know who gives what. I just know the bottom line. I don't, look, I don't know how much you give or if you give. I don't know if you've ever given a penny to this fellowship. I don't even look at other pastors and what they give. I just, that's the way God's led me. But some people, you're missing out. You're missing out. You've never actually applied Proverbs 3 9 to your life as a Christian. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your increase. You're missing out. Not only, because Jesus said, listen, if you've not been hand, trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will give you true riches? What he's saying is, your spiritual growth is dependent on that. Jesus said in the parable of the talents, that's the least you could do. The wicked lazy servant that buried the talent given to him, and the master said, well, at least you could have invested it. That's the least you can do. That's where spiritual growth starts. Taking of what God's given me. I believe in the tithe. Jacob tithed. Abraham tithed the Melchizedek, Christ in the Old Testament. Jesus commended the Pharisees for tithing, even though he condemned them for missing the more important matters. But some of you are missing out 
on spiritual growth and on tremendous eternal reward. Those of us that have had the privilege over this last year of investing in this local church and you hear all the things that God's doing, listen, there's eternal reward. You can't find a stock on earth that pays better dividends than the church. You can't find one. So Passover unleavened bread, offerings, free will for the work that God had called them to. And the central part of that work is their worship. And third, they had to be willing. Listen to this carefully. They had to be willing to be numbered. I bet you'll never guess where you find the record of that. The book of Numbers. (laughs) Old Testament, book of Numbers. Listen to it. Chapter 1. God says to Moses, take a census of the entire Israelite community by their clans and families, listing every man by name, one by one. Then in verse 5, he says, these are the names of the leaders who are going to help you. You match up other scriptures with that, like Exodus uh, chapter 18, verses 21 and 25. And it says there, in the numbering of the people, God appointed through Moses, Leaders of thousands, hundreds, fifties, and get this, tens. That's a small group. That's a small group where somebody leading that small group knows your name, knows about your life, not to lord it over you, not to spy on you. But listen, listen, look how many people are here in this service. This is our third service for the weekend. There's over a thousand people in this one service. And listen, some of us, listen, hear this from the Lord as an encouragement. Not a condemnation, but some of us that call Calvary Chapel, St. Petersburg, our home church, are just a number. If you don't show up next week, nobody knows. Some tragedy happens in your life, we don't know about it. And you can't expect me to know about everybody. God's appointed pastors and leaders all the way down to the small group. And that's where it really counts because that small group is where somebody knows your name and what's happening in your life. And you know theirs. Get plugged in in such a way that somebody knows you and and you know somebody else. Another thing that God did during that 40 years is he had to develop in them and it was a challenge to do this, a follow the leader faith. Follow the leader faith. I wish I had time on some of these details, but when you read the book of Numbers, God gave them camping assignments. God gave them marching assignments. And whenever the tabernacle would set out and the ark would set out and the cloud would move, they would break camp. But Judah would always go first, and they had an order. They had a camping order. They had a marching order. And God was trying to teach them. He was trying to teach them, follow the leader and follow my design plan. We're so blessed to be able to share the Word of God with you on each new edition of The Living Word. Thanks for being a part of our valued listening audience. Pastor Danny will continue his study in the book of Hebrews next time, so we hope you'll join us again. We'd like to take a moment and ask you to consider partnering with us as we continue to share the hope of salvation with the world. Would you join us in praying for the listeners of The Living Word? Pray that God would touch each person with His love and open their hearts to the truth of His Word. Please pray for us also. 
We want to continue following God's plan for this program no matter where He asks us to go. We know the power of prayer, and we appreciate you doing this for us. Would you also ask the Lord about contributing financially to The Living Word? This program is professionally produced to provide the best quality messages possible so as not to distract from the message of the Bible. That does incur some costs, however, so if you feel led to give, visit our website at ccfstpete.church and click on the online giving guide under Forms. Any and all amounts are greatly appreciated and will be used to share the good news of Jesus' love for the world. Thank you for praying about this. That website once more is ccfstpete.church. With that, we've come to an end of our time with you today. We pray that God continues to bless you as you study His Word and open your heart to His unending love and grace. Thanks again for tuning in today to The Living Word.